Alleluia. Jesus proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. prophecy of the book of Isaiah today is talking about those foreigners, those outside of the nation of Israel who would be joined to the Lord. And so what does it teach us first and foremost? That, that those who don't consider themselves religious people in the context of the Old Testament could come to the Lord. And that even when they felt like they might be far from the normal activities of the Jewish nation and the worship the temple, the, the rites that, that made them Jewish individuals, the, the sort of cultural experience of being a Jew in, in Jewish uh, culture, uh, the, the covenant was particularly for them. They were taught and, and given by the prophets again and again this sense that, that theirs was the covenant and it belonged to them. But in this prophecy, it's outside of that normal expectation. The Lord starts to show himself, not just to the people who come close to the Lord, but all who, um, all who seek him with a sincere heart. And we're told that even those who, who f- keep free the Sabbath and follow the Sabbath or do acts of worship, it will be treated just as if they were part of the holy nation, of the nation of Israel. And so all of those people who feel a bit outside of the covenant, that is extended to all of them particularly uh, when we see the, the Canaanite woman in today's gospel. She was not the sort of person that you would expect to come to Jesus. Jesus came first and foremost to preach the gospel, the good news, to the nation of Israel. But when the, the Jews um, of the time, the scribes, the Pharisees, um, start to have hardened hearts towards Jesus, he begins proclaiming the gospel in a different place, in a different nation. And so goes to um, the, the Canaanites first. Now, this gospel passage is a little peculiar. 
If we look at it simply as if Jesus was just some other guy, we would say, well, then Jesus is being a jerk. Because what happens? The dialogue here is, is pretty uh, distinct. It's, it's pretty clear that Jesus is trying to set this woman apart and, and kind of call her out. So if, if Jesus is just a Jewish man and this is a Canaanite woman, you know, she says, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. And, and Jesus does not answer her a word. Then the disciples come complaining about her, and they say, send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. And Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She persists, Lord, help me. And he says again, it's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. And she she lets herself be taken down a peg, and she says, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. What humility she has. And then Jesus says to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Now at first we would say, okay, this is sort of like a testy relationship between this Canaanite woman and Jesus. But if, if we see that he is in fact the Lord of all creation, the divine son of God, she recognizes and has faith. She's come to know something about Jesus because when she greets him, She calls him both Lord and Son of David. Lord was the divine title, you know, the title that usually was set apart for the Roman Empire. He was the Lord, the Curios. He was was supposed to be divine. And so a Roman god in the eyes of uh, Roman um, culture. Now, she applies this instead to Jesus. He is the Curios. He is the Lord. Not this man who sort of is on a power trip, but the Lord who shows himself to be gentle, a servant, humble. But also the Lord who knows her heart, who knows what she's been saying to Jesus in private or praying to him in secret in her own heart before she even meets him. She's come to know and understand that Jesus is somebody important. Maybe she hasn't had a personal encounter with him until now. And so she comes out and she's excited to meet Jesus. Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. Also, we see in her a great purity of heart, a great simplicity that says she is patient and loving. She keeps her daughter's suffering with her own suffering. So she brings this to Jesus and she says, Lord, have pity on me. She equates the suffering of her daughter with her own suffering. So first of all, we see in her her goodness, her her loving heart. And that's revealed because Jesus continues to persist in just sort of giving her a non-answer. As she continues on, um, he says, I've come only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, which is true. The Messiah was meant to come first and foremost for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But he also wants to reveal in her her perseverance, if you will, her moxie, her her willingness to continue and persevere. Even though she's sort of turned off at first by this comment from Jesus, she perseveres and persists. She says, Lord, help me. And then she continues on. Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. To the Jewish nation, All other people were outside of the covenant. But Jesus is revealing here that the covenant belongs to each and every one of us. and, And what does that covenant entail? It entails a loving relationship with God. 
That a loving relationship, a, a, a living and vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ isn't limited simply to the Jewish people, but is to all people, and particularly is being revealed to the Canaanite woman. So as Jesus persists in giving what is true about the covenant, she insists that she could have a share in it. And she continues to persevere. And what can we learn from this? First and foremost, Jesus doesn't want us just to give up. If we start living Christianity and we say, oh, I know all about Christianity because one time I said a prayer and Jesus didn't answer me. Or one time I went to Mass and I was bored. You know, Lord have mercy that we're ever bored at Mass. You know, or we go to, to confession and, well, I didn't have a good experience at confession once. So, so that must mean that I can't live this. But if we take that, that's just... That's on our own fault, right? We go and we try something, but because we didn't persevere in it, we somehow blame that on God and say, God didn't answer my prayer. God didn't show me. God didn't give me warm fuzzies the first time I came to church. Those things are, are real, right? And those are real concerns, but they don't somehow limit the Lord. The Lord wants to find in his children persevering and trusting hearts. Hearts of people who love and trust God and who continue to push against the Lord and ask for what they need in confidence and boldness. Because if we ask, the worst thing that can happen is that Jesus doesn't answer our prayer at first. But that happened to this Canaanite woman and she didn't look down on herself. She didn't lose confidence. She just... Jesus didn't answer her prayer at first. She says to him very clearly, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And you would think that that, you know, that prayer would be enough, but she just perseveres and asks again. And she's sort of, you know, as Jesus asks in other places, for us to be importuned. That means just like in your face to the Lord, continuing to bring our petitions and prayers. And if we go to the Lord and he doesn't answer our prayer exactly like we want then at least what is going to happen is that our hearts will be shaped more like Jesus' heart. Even if we ask, and we ask for, for something very good and holy, and the Lord doesn't give it to us, our hearts are being shaped after the heart of the Lord. So either the Lord answers our prayer, and we get what we want, but not because we want it, because God wants it too, and he wants us to ask, or the Lord doesn't desire it in this moment because he sees that it's not good for us at this time. Now, we might be really confused by that, right? So if we, if we enter in there, your prayer intentions, right? Well, Lord, don't you want my husband to be healed? Lord, don't you want my faith to increase? Lord, don't you want my kids to come back to Mass? Lord, don't you want, don't you want this too? Isn't this a holy thing that you asked me to want? But Jesus may not want it now for you. It may not be good for you to get it immediately, without a struggle. Because what happens so often to us is that we receive a grace from God, and then right away we forget that it even happened. Right away we say, God, I had this experience earlier today, but now I'm sad, and I have to move on to something else, and I look for something else to fill me up. 
Lord, I, you, you gave me this great gift, but, but now I, I'm, I'm, you know, the waters start to sort of come up again up to my neck and I, I start to become afraid and I doubt that God is good or that he loves me or that he exists. We go from the high point of experiencing what God gives us immediately begging for more or for a change or for something else. And we forget what he's done for us. We're told again and again by the scriptures, do not forget the works of the Lord. But our hearts are really fickle, and it's easy to forget what God has done for us. If we persevere in prayer, then either we will become more perfect like the Lord, or the Lord will answer our prayer in his time. And both of those are very good gifts that God wants to give to us.